All right, welcome to the Teaching a Rockstar podcast, and on today's episode, we have Natalie Z. And Natalie is an actress. Man, she, her big break, I want to say, man, is it like 20, almost 20 years ago, maybe? Um, it was Passions. It was like this soap that was out back then, and then since then, she, um, what she's been in, I remember Justified, before that was Dirty Sexy Money, and now she's on an amazing show called The Detour, and I loved having her on the show. We just finished recording, and I think my favorite part was um, just you know how clearly she can remember um, her like school, and and she talks about her theater teacher and people that believed in her, and you know at the beginning of that trajectory that was just you know the the foundation of it all that was created um, in high school. And out in Monahans, Texas, and we talk about that and what it was like going to college and then the grind, like when the real work starts of of auditioning and hearing that no after no after no after no and pushing through and all to get where she is today. I loved our time together. I think you will too. Natalie Z, Teaching a Rockstar Podcast. Here we go. Let's do this. Hey, what's um, what's all that snazzy stuff behind you? So this is um, these are all pages from scripts of projects that I've done, oh. and not all the projects, but just the significant ones. I was actually when I was doing the little bio thing, I had to turn around and <laughs> be like, okay, what was that? What was that? What was that thing called? Um, yeah, um, not everything makes it. Actually, it's been a while since I added one. Yeah. I get it's, it. It's the it, and and it doesn't have to be significantly good. It can be a, a really bad experience. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's one that I need to add. That it was bad. Yeah. 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 I don't know. All right. Yeah. Hey, listen. Um, before we get started, like we got to get this is this is the serious business. So you've been out there doing the uh, doing the L.A. doing the Hollywood thing. And here's the deal, man. Like for years, I've been waiting. I've been looking at the Googles. I've been looking at the headlines and not once, not even remotely close. Have I ever seen anything about you and a scandal or hookers or rehab <laughs> or an affair? Something, something. I know. It's embarrassing. We I know. Step it up. I know. I know. Nobody cares. Even if I did, people would be like, ugh. <laughs> That's nothing. Her? Uh, yeah. No, we don't care. She's, she'll be fine. We're, we're not worried about her. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's nothing compared to some of those folks out there, huh? I know. I know. Poor things. I just. Yeah, I don't. I don't associate with those people. <laughs> I probably should, but I don't. Right. It's it's yeah. a, it's an interesting group out there. Like I don't know anything, but here's because I just have theories. You know, I don't. I'm not in the life, but my theory is like anytime you have a such a large group of people who some are there for the art, but there's a whole lot there for like the ego and the fame. Well, especially now, it's different now yeah. than it. Well, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's and that's a, it's a whole other world right now. I don't and I, I don't I don't know it. I, I stay in my bubble and. I, I should probably educate myself more on, on what's going on, but it's, it's so different. Yeah. 
Hey, listen, um, what, what, what I, here's, here's what I'm fascinated with, um, with you, um, primarily in terms of school and education is a lot of, you know, a lot of kids that go out to, um, you know, whether it's acting school or some conservatory or thing, you know, if you look at the bios of all those kids, cause my kids in this process now and a lot, I know, I know like a lot come from Houston and Dallas and Chicago and San Francisco and where they have these, you know, these deep, thick, rich, um, theater programs, but you, you know, from <laughs> <I didn't>. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know, but, but so if, if now, if I remember right, talking to your mama, you um, was it Monahans? Mm-hmm. All right, hold on. Let me t- the Lobos. Am I right? It's the Lobos. Well, you obviously did your research. No, I'm good. No way you can know that off the top of your. Listen, I, I I went to school at Texas Tech, and I traveled around and did all those. Okay, um, that's close. That's close. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and plus, you know, being a high school band director, you kind of get to know school mascots. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, I guess so. And growing up out there and doing the Monahans thing, like what was that like for you in terms of theater and acting and the arts and all that? It was hard. It was a challenge because we weren't really supported all that much. And um, we uh, we always sort of felt like um, we we were very scrappy and we were kind of the redheaded stepchild of of the of the extracurricular world in high school. I, you know, there was, there was no drama program in junior high. It wasn't, we didn't, that was just, it didn't exist. And, um, I mean, it, it didn't exist. It wasn't that it was smaller and significant. It just, there wasn't one. So, um, I, the first exposure that I was able to have was freshman year and we had a, a really an incredible theater director who was up against, football, you know, yeah. and even I'll say, it, it, and my husband, who's also an actor and he, he was into musical theater, um, in high school and college, uh, the ba- even the band and the drama department were at odds. Yeah. And the, and the band was considered, um, somewhat more of an asset than we were. We were very scrappy again. It was just like us against the world. Um, which I think gave me a good intro into what it was going to be like to be in this industry because you're constantly fighting and struggling and clawing your way, you know, through the, the, all the masses of people to get seen. Mm. Um, so that, I think that was really good because you're always going to be an underdog really until you're not. And then, then you're really not, but that's like nobody. I mean, nobody gets ever gets there. Um, there's seven people who get there. Right. Um, so yeah, I just remember a lot. I really, I have this memory. I was thinking about this the other day of I, I, I competed in high school because that's what you do. I, I did spe- speech and, and drama tournaments and did quite well. And um, there was one program where you, it was grueling. You had to go through rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds of um, doing the scene. Um and for me, it was, it was, a, it was a, a monologue. So I was alone. And what you do is they just eliminate, they eliminate kids until they get to the last one. Yeah. So you just go, I, it's, I don't even know how, like physically and mentally, I don't know how I did it. It was a really emotional scene. And I was, I ended up winning. I ended up being the last one. And um, which meant I got to advance to nationals. And that was in Indianapolis. Well, the school wasn't going to pay for it. Um, so I remember my parents, my dad having been a football player at that, my high school and my mother having been, uh, she was in the band and she was a twirler 
I think that's what you call them. I, mean, I guess that's what, is that what you call them? <laughs> that's a big thing for that for people who don't know. Back in those days, in West Texas band, the twirler was like the coveted position. It was a big deal. So I had the, these two people came in and sat down with the superintendent, not even the principal, the superintendent, and they were like, "Listen." It's us, you know, we, we know how important certain programs are to you, but this is something that's never happened. Nobody from the school has ever gone on to win anything at, at a, a, a state level where, where you go, where you leave the state. Usually if you win, then it's over. <laughs> I got to leave the state and continue competing. And so they were like, that's, we feel like that's pretty significant, regardless of what the program is. Um, it'd be great if you would pay for it. And they didn't. They did not pay for it. So my parents paid for uh, me to fly out to Indianapolis. I fell on my face. I really did not do well uh, out there because my coach was not able to come at the last minute. It was, it was very dramatic, actually. Um, uh, literally, at the last minute at the airport, we couldn't get her on the plane. It was a, a long story. But I was by myself. I mean, I was 18. Yeah. I was 18. So I was fine. But I had no coach. Um, some, some other coach heard what was going on and took me under their wing. But that's not the same thing. So I didn't do well, um, which I also think was a great intro into this business and how, you know, at the end of the day, you're all alone and you can't rely on others to directors or acting teachers or um, peers to get you to the place where you need to be. You're just, you know, because at the end of the day, at an audition, it's just you against the world. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was disappointing, but that was sort of a very, um, it was a very accurate example of, of the, what we were up against, um, going to being in such a small town and, um, wanting to do something that just wasn't really all that coveted in, in that town. You know what I think it is? I think it has a lot to do with, um, well, first of all, you know, like this is Texas. So like football is king, like, I mean, if you want to go to heaven, you got to be a Christian and play football. And yeah, so, <laughs> and so, I lived it. Yeah, right. And <laughs> so, there's that. And then everything that because you know revolves around football. There's band because it it like support- and because they're interlinked. Yeah. Yes. And then yeah. when you have a district that has like a fine arts director, that person usually came from the biggest programs, which was band or choir or something. Rarely, right. I know a couple, and they're great. I know a couple that a director of fine arts comes from the um you know you know the drama world. Um, they're out okay. there, but there's so few. And so because it's probably Probably some you know close to retirement band director that they have a really hard time connecting with the reality of what happens in theater. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we were even we were even at odds with the, the with the choir department. I mean, we were just yeah. like, nobody wanted to associate <laughs> right. with us. Yeah, I you know I, I mean I get it. We were freaks, but um, yeah, they, I, I just in, in in retrospect, like in hindsight, I feel like I mean I understand the politics behind it, but I feel it just feels so strange that the the arts department within the various arts art departments within our school, um, the rule was turn your phone off. I read one of the rules and it was turn your phone off and I didn't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think mine's off either. Um, but the, yeah, the, the fact that they, that, that we were all sort of at odds just felt really counterintuitive to what we were ultimately trying to do. Yeah. You know, I was thinking the, um, when you were talking about what your freshman year and your theater teacher, who was that? Her name is Evelyn Jones, and she's she's retired now. She's no longer working at the school. And um, truth be told, I'm ter- I'm so bad at keeping in touch. And she she checks in with me all the time. And we will we will talk on the phone about once a year maybe. But um, 
I'm the worst at, uh, it's just, it's one of my things. Um, so we, we don't, we don't really connect as much as uh, I would like to. Um, but she was absolutely integral. Um, from, you know, Mike, I don't know that I would have the career I have if not for her, I wouldn't have had the, uh, courage to, um, to, to think that (laughs) That I could, I would have had the audacity to think that I could do this for a living because again, and I don't want to make any blanket statements, but, but, you know, anyone who comes from a small town can attest to this. There are a lot of people who, um, it just, it, it, that can't wrap their brain about around something like this being a viable option. Yeah. Let alone leaving the county. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I hear it too, like, you know, when I'm, when I'm hanging out in those towns and, and see those is, you know, kids will talk about these amazing goals and things. And some of them are like, oh, well, that isn't that cute. Now go get a job, you know, rather a lot, than. Yeah. And that's, I, it was so frustrating um, for me uh, to hear that because, uh, because I had such a huge support system with Evelyn and because she was so. I mean, it was never, I mean, she obviously instilled in me that it was going to be very, very hard work and that I, you know, not, I knew what the odds were. I wasn't, she, she was very realistic about it, but it was never not an option. It was never like, well, yeah, you're going to, of course you're going to do this. So let's get you on the path to doing it and, you know, we'll make you the best you can be so that once you get out there, you'll have better odds. But the juxtaposition of her support with, and by the way, I had, I actually had teachers, other teachers who were really supportive as well. It's just that, you know, that it's like when you're on Twitter, the negative comments stick with you way longer than, than the, uh, the positive ones. So, you know, I, I do need to, to make sure that, that I I remember the support I had, um, because it's so easy just also once you become successful, it's, it's so great to sort of go over in your head, all the, all the, bullshit. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. You know, you know for you. me, it's really, it's not even, um, it's because there's, there's a shred of self doubt in me already. And like mm-hmm. when I would begin, you know, I began my thing, even a simple, um, as we're talking and I kind of out of the corner of my eye, we'll see like an eye roll from somebody I'm like, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole thing, mm-hmm. like that little thing alone, that is little thing, it, it impacts despite the fact that there are hundreds of people who are hanging on every word you you're talking to that one person. Yeah. And it ruins you. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had a moment and, um, where I was, I was speaking and it was a huge crowd, I don't know, like, you know, hundreds. And, and, um, the lady who was hosting this event said, I have to leave about five minutes early. Can you like close the doors behind you after everybody? I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. And they had these comment sheets and, um, and there's, you know, hundreds of them. And yeah. so I'm, I'm turning off the lights. I have my gear loaded up. I just make sure I, I'm not leaving anything. but to lock myself out. And I'm looking at those comment sheets. And I said, all right, no, here we go. Don't do it. Don't do it. No, it felt, don't do it. It was so good. I, I'm, I'm just like, I wanted to rub them all over. Oh, my. These are amazing. Look how smart I am. Oh, my God. They love me. And I's just going on. And then it happens. And then the one. It's because it just takes one. It was so bad. It was, And it was, it was, I still remember, it's four of them in a row. They're all like together, like they sat together. They all turned them in together, yeah. and yeah. they were so bad. It was as if, like, I had my friends were there and to make fun of me. Like they knew I was going to yeah. read them, and like they, they planted knew you're in them. Security. Yeah, yeah. And they were gonna- <laughs> <laughs> like every little thing that was like, is it like I'm looking around, thinking, is this for oh. real? And so I took them. 
<laughs> I took them home and oh, I rode yeah. them in a car. Yeah, I'm not gonna turn those in. And and I bring them home and like I cannot. I mean, I'm I'm carrying them around for days. And finally, oh. Georgia, we she makes me do this ceremony in the backyard where we burn them and bury them. <laughs> Yeah. But still, man, it's it's just amazing how early on, because you just don't have enough evidence that this is good and it's working and right, it's that valuable. That's not true. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. could be true. I have, I have a, a funny story about fan mail back back in, in the dark ages when people used to write letters. Yeah. Um, the very first uh, piece of hate mail, hate mail. I received, which I ended up receiving a lot because the character I was on a soap and the character I played on, on the soap was not especially like it was never supposed to be somebody that people liked, but it wasn't a villain either. So I didn't, I, it wasn't, I didn't get the benefit of getting to have fun. It was just a shitty character. Um, so people did not like her. And the very first hate letter because I had gotten a couple of letters of like crazies who were I hadn't even aired yet and they're just like you're the best and they don't know who I am and so I'm like oh this is so okay and yeah indeed I am yeah I thought so too and then I get I get the the bad letter and it's so funny what you do and I I don't know what the biological reason behind this is but just how why we why we latch on so yeah strongly to negative um feedback I immediately ripped it like ripped it up into tiny pieces and threw it in the trash like I didn't even it wasn't even it was just instinct I just didn't think about it and I did it and later on I was telling a friend of mine who had worked on soaps before I I told her what had happened and she said oh yeah you're supposed to keep fan letters in case somebody kills you so that they have evidence (laughs) (laughs) so to this day I have my husband and I have his is way bigger (laughs) A giant, giant, two giant boxes right. of fan mail from the. I was only on the show for two years. He was on for three, and people liked him a lot more. Um, but we kept, and we were cleaning out our stuff when we last time we moved. And he said, "Do we really? I mean, isn't the statute of limitations up on this?" And I, I, I don't remember if we. I'm pretty sure I kept mine because <laughs> nobody's going to kill me. Right. <laughs> You'll get found out. Let's be clear about that. That's right. You know, I have a, a friend of mine, and she um, recently did a big keynote thing. It was one, one of her first ones. And, you know, I didn't want to be like the party pooper, and, but I, you know, and she had, she had great feedback. And I said, hey, listen, remember this, because this is what helped me. As personal as you take all those comments, as personal, like you own, like that's who you are and that's you, that, that's, how, that's exactly how you're going to take the negative ones that will come. So yeah. for me, like, I have to keep in mind, it's not about me, man. Like, I'm not th- that it's, it's whatever is in them on that day. I, for whatever right. reason, I happen to flip the switch and they were able to tap into who they really are in that had nothing to do with me. It's all what's really yeah. inside of that person. And it changed everything for me. Yeah, that's it's good that you can apply that. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the other thing that really helped was I saw this Seinfeld documentary. And mm-hmm. um, he uh, he was coming back to do stand up after the show was uh, stopped, and um, he and his agent was asking. He's in the limo, leaving the club. He was doing like you know, reading jokes off of napkins. He'd he'd go out every night and do like an open mic to see how these things would go over. And the agent asked him how it went that night, and he goes, "Man, I don't know. Like I have to do those jokes again. That crowd was terrible." I thought, wait a minute. So it's not all up to me. Oh yeah, it's the crowd was terrible. That's so funny. Yeah. Wait a minute. I thought it was a hundred percent my responsibility for everyone's experience. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Are you telling me that but they you should have take to be some? So evolved to be able to. Oh my god, I was no, not even close to that. No. Nah. 
Hey, when here's when when I think back about the beginning of people's career, I love looking at that very beginning of the trajectory because like mm-hmm. where you are right now, like you can kind of trace that back even to like your freshman year, and and can you remember anything with um, Evelyn that? Um, moments that were shared in the classroom or in the hallway at some moment in school that you still remember like, wow, that really made a difference in my life. I mean, there's so many, there's way too many to even pinpoint. Um, she, I, I, to this day, I think that she is probably one of the better directors I've ever worked with. And I've worked with David Mamet. I mean, I've worked with some pretty incredible directors and uh, the fact that she, I remember one we were doing, I think this was my freshman year. Um, we were doing a play called the runner stumbles and it's a, it's a very saucy play about a priest and a nun who fall in love. And in my um, hands. And I wonder why everybody hated us. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't, she was, she did not back down from controversial material and I'm sure that that's part of, you know, what the conflict was, but, and I, and I, I also believe that because of that, I have the taste that I have today and I, I, I'm incredibly grateful um, for that. Um, But we, we were doing the runner stumbles and she it was lunchtime. And she was like, let's go, let's go get, let's go get some lunch. I'll sit with you at lunch. And we went through, I want to, it wasn't every scene because we didn't have time, but we went through several, several scenes. We went through every single line and she just asked me, she was like, okay, well, what if, what if you were in this position? What would you, how would you feel about this? What would you think about this? And just the kind of in-depth, um, process that 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 took at the time that it took the energy it took the sort of focus that she had to have to basically teach me how from like nothing how to act she is the person who taught me how to act um and that was it, it was monumental because i still use that foundation today every yeah. everything that i was taught in high school is what I, I mean, I went to, I went to theater school. We, they were teaching me how to breathe. I don't, I know how to breathe. So I, it was not fundamental stuff that I was getting from that. I mean, I have nothing but good things. I, I, I give speeches at their graduation. I love my alma mater, but they were teaching me how to breathe. Um, and you seem so, like a natural breather to me. I am not. I mean, that's probably why I didn't like doing it so much. Um, but that was just one of like a million examples. I do remember we were shooting, um, we were shooting a student film. This was when, like when I first, like the, in the, the teeny tiniest first weeks, like the incubation of me thinking that maybe this is something I wanted to do. Um, we were sh- shooting a film that, that the, the drama class had written and I had been cast as the lead. Uh, because I could cry on cue. Um, and that's when I was like, Oh, I can do, I'm good at something. Um, and I remember we, it was after hours and we just shot a scene and we did like a lot of takes and, and it just, the energy of it was so incredible and so fun. And I, we took a five and I remember I, I went to the ladies room and as I was walking to the ladies, ladies room, I remember this so so clearly in my head and maybe out loud, I said, I think this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And then at that point, how old were you? 14. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And she, and, and so, you know, she, again, I don't know. I think about sometimes what I would have done, what I would have been in high school, what I would have done in high school without her. I just, the trouble I would have gotten into. And um, I mean, I'm a fairly focused person. So I'm assuming I would have found something. I probably would have read books (laughs) because I didn't read any books and I just read plays. I read plays. I mean, I would read like 10 plays a day. I was just so engrossed in, in the drama and the characters. Um, couldn't read a book to save my life. It was yeah. not, it, I just, I, I couldn't get into it. Um, so, but I don't know what I would have done without her. You know, I think that's true. You know, when, um, when parents would come to open house, when I was teaching high school and they, you know, and they're just looking for something for their f- incoming freshmen. And mm-hmm. I think, look, man, get them involved. Like, get them a family in this school. Get them connected. It doesn't matter if it's yeah. the chess club, wrestling team, Spanish, yeah. theater, choir. Get them into something where they can something. feel a part of something bigger than themselves. Because if not, like, they're, they're going to they're gonna form their own little group. They're going to be in a group. Hopefully, it's a teacher-sponsored, <laughs> like, UIL right. section. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, but they're going to yeah. get in a group. And especially a kid like you, like, if you didn't have theater – if you can cry on cue, you you'd be the kid they'd bring to every party. Hey, bring Natalie just in case we get caught because she can cry on cue. Well, in that that way, we'll right? Get or like you know, it, it gets, she can go get beer, and if they ask for her ID, right. and she can pretend like she lost it and she can cry or something, whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I remember having because you know we for the speech and theater or speech and debate um, tournaments. I didn't do debate. I was. <laughs> I stuck to the speech stuff. Um, we would rehearse for hours and hours and hours after school. I mean, until like late night. And I think about that sometimes about you know, like, what would that time have been spent doing homework? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I doubt it. Cause what I was doing was so much fun and so fulfilling. And so like the heart, it was such hard work too. And I loved the way that felt. I loved feeling like I was working really hard, but I was also being creative um, but I was also being treated like an adult, uh, and I, I don't think homework would have done that for me. I don't, I don't know what would have, and I, I shudder to think. Yeah, and there's also something powerful about a group of kids and a teacher coming together for a moment, where like if that's the that's marching contest for Ben, or that's the, the right. game, a playoff game, or you know, to have something where this whole thing culminates, and there's experience, all the shared experience, especially in theater, where it's just this, just this overwhelming wave of emotion that all these kids collectively share and that moment of sitting around in the circle afterwards processing the last six weeks all those rehearsals and Mm -hmm. you know and and you close the show man like at a young age that's i mean what an amazing experience it's intense it was really intense i mean she would uh, when we would go to speech tournaments um i would uh we we got to the point where i i was not to but i was so successful (laughs) that people there, there were sign in sheets of, because I, I don't know if you know how speech tournaments work, but there you, you do different rounds. So yeah. you do round one, round two, round three, and then whoever gets the highest score um, from those rounds, they go on to semis and then finals and then you win. Um, and in those rooms, you're competing with five other scenes, um, whether that be a, a duet scene or a, a monologue, um, you're, you, it's you and, and five other people. Um, so you have to rank. And people, it got to the point where people would look, before they would look and see what room they were in, they would look and see what room I was in. (laughs) And that's, that's just what happened. I'm not, that's not me to my own horn. That's what happened. And that's a real weird thing too. When you're like, I feel like I should be flattered, but also that's a lot of, that's a lot of pressure. 
So Evelyn would, I mean, she was so like in it with us. She would take us aside before every single round and she had other students. So she was, I mean, I don't even know how she, she was in two places at once. Um, she would, she would come to us and the speeches she would give us before. And I, would, I, I, I started to think, um, you need to save the speech for the finals because don't, don't like you, you can like tone it, <laughs> tone it down a little. Pace yourself there, Evie. But she just gave it, I, 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 you know, when I have to do four takes of a scene, I'm like, guys, right. <laughs> I'm spent. But she just never phoned it in. And that was like, I mean, it spoiled me because, you know, I, directors don't really direct actors anymore. It's just, it, it, there's too much, there's not enough time. There's too much else going on. And um, we're kind of on our own. And I really, I really miss having somebody to, I mean, <laughs> do some of the work for me, but also be as invested as she was. She was yeah. so invested in the outcome and it was so evident to us. Well, I think in, in any kind of art, just having, um, you know, feedback, you know, there, there's a saying that we always use in, in my business and that is, you know, it's really difficult or it's impossible. You can't read the label from inside the bottle. And mm. like as mm. an actress, when you're in it and you're in the emotion and you, your feet, but it's really obvious where there's, can be some improvement or just an idea from somebody outside of it rather than, right. you know, being stuck in it by yourself in that emotion. Yeah, no, I know it's, I mean, with, with a lot of things, but especially this, it's, you yeah. know, you can navel gazing becomes really um, easy if you're not careful. For sure. And so you had a lot, all, I mean, I mean, not to toot your horn, but you had a lot of success going through high school and, and you have some great roles and you know you're winning at stuff but at some point was it after high school when you realized oh my gosh like some i had a really hard time I, it's funny i'm reading a book right now um uh finally by the reading a book I'm, re I'm really trying i'm really i am i'm getting into reading again again for the first time in my life right um I'm reading a book by this actress named Busy Phillips and she's a peer. She's kind of in my, my peer group. She's in my age group. We, you know, we compete with the same um, projects and she's, I'm only halfway through the book, but she's talking about her career trajectory. And I'm like, girl, you did, you had it real easy in the beginning. And I know that it, it she's going to go through, I know it's going to go up and down, but as I'm listening to it, I'm like, Oh, I hope people don't, I hope people understand that it doesn't always just happen immediately. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there is a misconception even now after all these years and uh, people, you know, knowing what's behind the scenes. I think there's a misconception that if you don't find success fairly soon after you start going, um, that you're probably not going to, and that you're not talented and that you're not good enough and that, um, you don't, you can't hack it. And the reality is that I, I worked for years at trying to get work and wasn't getting it. And I knew, I just knew that it wasn't me. I knew that I knew I wasn't supposed to stop. Um, but also I didn't know how much longer I could do this without yeah. getting something, anything that told me, yes, you're supposed to be doing this. So it was, it was a really rough road after high school. Um, I went to a performing arts, uh, or a theater arts school college, 
um, not call it was, it, I don't even know what they call it. It's a conservatory. Um, and I spent two years there breathing. Um, and again, I, well, I, I don't know that I got a lot of practical, uh, knowledge about acting from the school. I did, it was a good way to segue from Texas to New York. It, it was sort of this cushion where I, I, I had people around me that I trusted and, and somewhere to go every day. Um, as opposed to just like, okay, here I am in New York and what's a headshot. Right, um, yeah. so after I graduated, um, from AMDA from, from the conservatory, it was really hard. It was really, really hard for, ye- for years, not for months, for years. And I mean, I, it's hard to say, keep trying to, to some people because some people shouldn't, but I just knew that I should. I just knew. I knew that I was talented enough. I could see from the outside enough to be like, it's not because I don't have it. I do have it. It's something else. So I need to just keep going. Yeah. And I think those are, um, you know, it's just that concept of this overnight success in just about every world. But like, yeah, it's overnight. If you're counting the last 12 years of my life overnight, yeah. you know, even yeah. just, I just saw a podcast with, um, what's his name? The, um, Eric Stone street. Is that him from modern mm-hmm. family? Mm-hmm. And he was talking about when he got that gig, he had been doing like commercials was his work for yeah. ten, for a decade. Yeah. A decade until like oh, yeah. 10 years he's wanting to be an actor. It, you know, I'm not saying that commercials aren't acting, but the style of the what he wanted to act in, he just for 10 years. And I thought to myself, who in their profession can do that and not get a job for 10 years? Yeah, I am um, something that I, I I give occasional speeches, the commencement speeches at my alma mater. And one of the things that I like to impress upon these people is that, you know, it's easy to start seeing other actors as competition and to have disdain towards them. Um, and to, it, it, because it's, it's basically self-loathing, like, well, why would you do this for a living? What would I do this for a living? Yeah. Um, but, but you need to look at it from this point of view. And that is, um, the nobility of going to a place on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis where you are told no 99% of the time and the next day you go again is unspeakable. It is an incredibly noble job to be rejected over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and to just wake up the next day and say, I'm going to do it again. It's like, I, I, I can't think of anything more incredible really yeah. than like people who are also you're a sensitive artist. It's not like you're this tough construction worker who can kind of take it because it's not personal. They're saying no to you, your soul, right? They're saying your soul isn't good enough, <laughs> but <laughs> come back tomorrow and I'll tell you no again. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that's what he talked about. He said it was to the point where he would see the same people in all these auditions, of course. Yeah. And, um, and he would be so for confident. Okay, this is it. This is, and then like six months later, he sees that some other guy that was in that room on TV. He's like, "You got to be kidding me, yeah, that guy!" Yeah, yeah. It's I, the joke is it's between me and the girl who got it. Yeah, right. Always <laughs> me and the girl who got it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And so yeah. you know, even in my daughter's world right now, you know, graduating from the high school for performing arts, and she's going to go to school and do the whole acting thing. I am 
shocked. I get, I can't even, I can't even get my head around just in in terms of her high school career and these auditions. How many times they say, nah, mm-hmm. no, no, thanks. Yeah. It's like, how do these kids, but maybe that's great training. I don't know. I think it is. I, I, I think it is because here's, here's something that here's, here's the good news. You can develop a callus and I've definitely developed it um, where you just learn. I mean, because you can, I don't, I don't think you can do anything that many times and not figure out a um, survival strategy. Um, otherwise, I mean, oh, you would have to quit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it's something that you absolutely are able to train for like, like a marathon, you know, you do, you do something enough times you figure out ways to protect yourself from it. Yeah. For you at this point in your career, or, or maybe I'm just wondering at what point in your career did, did it, um, like for me and what I do, I learned a few years ago, well, well maybe seven or eight years ago, not to get, I don't really get excited about any event until it's no. until I'm on I the know. stage doing it. Cause they've yeah. so many have fallen through. You know what I mean? Like I'm wondering, because like in your, I'm sure like in the first few years of your career, and you and you, oh my god, I killed it in there. It's gonna happen. They told me they love me. I told them I love them, and then it just didn't happen. At some point, did yeah. it, did you just not get you know hyped up for the possibility and just like if it happens, it happens. No, you always get hyped up. I mean, I don't anymore, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for 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 different reasons. Um, just because just because um, I'm a realist. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think about the first, like the first few really big breaks I got, I was beside myself when I got the news that I got those jobs because I was, you know, I had like held out hope and got really excited about the prospect. Um, and I'm glad, you know, I'm, I, again, now it's a little, it's different because it just means it, it means different things now than it used to. Um, but yeah, that feel, there's nothing better than that feeling of, I mean, I, it, it's like, it, you can't, you can't even describe it, you know, especially, especially when you've been struggling Yeah, you get that break. For you, was the, that for, were the, the, you're the big one. What was it? Passions? I mean, it depends it, because for me, I, I have had so many ups and downs in between. I've had so many lulls in between my break. Like I've had, it, there's been several big breaks that, um, then end up, you know, putting me back in a place. I'm like, Oh, I'm here again. Um, passions was great for me in the sense that it was my first regular gig. It was the first thing that I got as an actor where I had a, a multi-year contract. I had, I knew I was going to make good money. I thought I was going to make better money than I did because there was a weird clause in there. But, um, the re, one the main reason I took the job was because I, you know, I I knew that it wasn't going to be very challenging for me. Um, the the material was not good, and and I knew that that I would I would struggle with it. And that's not a it's not a secret. It's not like a telling tales out of school. I was wondering, um, man, like if at some point when when you're reading scripts, are you looking around the room going, "Are you people serious about that?" It's up here. Right. It's up, it's, <laughs> Right. It's right here. It's right. It's the scene. It's the scene where I was like, Oh, I'm done. Right. (laughs) Um, it's, it's a great scene. Um, it's so bad. Was there a ghost in it? No, it was when I give myself a hick, I think I give myself a hickey or like I, I give myself a hickey and I walk in and I'm like, your husband, it's just, I'm like, guys, I'm out. I gotta go. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) 
Um, it's in there though. It's yeah. it's up. It's it's the first one I got framed. Um, so I knew that the material wasn't good. I knew that I wasn't taking the job for the creative experience of it. And I just wanted to know what it felt like to have a two year period of not worrying about mm. where money was going to come from. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to see what it feels like to have a steady paycheck. I've never had a steady paycheck. And that, and so that's, that's why I did that. And that's, that's what was big about that. That was a big break for me financially and just like getting me out here to LA. Yeah. Hey, you know, I forgot what it was. The other thing I wanted to ask when you were in high school, when you were leaving school and everybody's graduating and everybody had doing their thing and, you know, you kids are picking colleges and some are going to trade school and some are going to the military or go, you know, and work on the, the ranch or whatever, you know, when you were announcing I'm going to New York, what was that like? What was that? What was that about? I think people expected it. I think that there, you know, there were a couple of people who were very condescending. There was this girl. I know her name. I'm not going to say it. There was this girl who was beautiful and she was like model beautiful. She was tall. And there had been talk of her doing some modeling somewhere. I don't think in New York. Um, but I just remember her and she was a couple of years younger. She was a year younger. And I just heard just this very sort of condescending, like, Oh, you're going to, you're going to go to New York. And I want to be like, bro, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like why? Yeah. Um, but so there were a few, a few who were like, Oh, Okay. But I think for, I think a lot of people just expected, you know, it wasn't, it, I don't think it was a big surprise. It's this kind of had been the plan. Right. You know, I, I did think about SMU. I thought about, um, I applied to DePaul in Chicago and there, and like there, there was a weird period where I wanted to, I idolized one of these girls, um, that was, who was a senior when I was a freshman. And I, so for like a minute, I wanted to do everything she did, which was stay very local. Um, that was a phase uh, to which Evelyn and my parents were like, really? And I was like, yeah, I mean, it would, no, never mind. Um, but I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think a lot of, I mean, there may have been the naysayers who were like, well, I didn't think she'd actually do it. I knew she was talking about it, but I didn't yeah. think she would do it. And I, I'm sure that there was a contingent of people now that we're talking about it that who thought that I would come home, I guess. I don't, I don't, I mean, that was not, an yeah. option for me, but I, I guess that could have been, you know, on people's minds. You know, it's interesting, you know, so when, when you were in high school, that was pretty much your identity. Like you were the theater kid, you're the acting kid. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it was very much my identity. Um, although I, you know, I, I tended to, I still, you know, I went to parties and I was, I was good, but I would, I would dabble. I was not, I, you know, I made sure that I, I, I towed a really like, I, I towed the line of being, you know, um, not being, uh, I don't even know what the term, I'm going to sound like I'm from the fifties. Like I've got a two shoes. What is the, t- <laughs> like straight, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but also I was, you know, I had a lot to lose. So I, I just spent a lot of time working, working on, you know, my craft. Yeah. Well, I think that's like, that's what that whole passion is. And for me, like when I work with teachers, that's the main thing is like, I mean, uh, yeah, I want the kid. I want, let's put some knowledge into the kid's noggin for sure. It's deliver some content, yeah. but more than that, I'm all about, let's, let's, let's empower that kid to identify whatever their passion is. I don't even what care. What is your thing? Yeah. And like in today's world, there's a way to make money at that. Whatever your thing is, there's whatever it is. It's great. Yeah. You like, yes, go do it. I can, I can help you with that. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. I mean, it, it, and it's not simple, but you know, once you know that, that that's sort of where you start, I think that, 
you know, um, again, I go back to what would I have been doing? I just don't know what I would have been doing. I don't know. Like would I have been learning French? I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine it would have been good. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's never good. No, it's never good. Yeah. When for you, like looking back, um, cause you've had this like crazy, like you said, there's ups, there's downs, there's lulls, there's, yeah. you know, all right, I'll take it. Cause it's going to pay the bills and other things. It's more mm-hmm. of a passion project. But for you, like what, what has been the work that you're most proud of? Like if you were going to show Evelyn, like one thing. Um, I would say, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is this, the show that I'm, I'm on right now. People the love detour. that. Dude, people love that um, show. Yeah, I love it too. That's like that's like uh, a real I, show with like fans. Like that's a fan show, you know. People, yeah, I and I love the fan. Not that I don't love fans of every show I'm on. I mean, of course, if you're a fan of the show, then I'm a fan of you. Right. But there's something you know. There's it's so funny how different shows have different personalities of fans, and I really, 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 I, I it's because I I think it's because this is a show that I think I would watch if I wasn't on it. And I don't do a lot of, I haven't historically done a lot of those shows. Um, and it's, it's, it, it feels different. Um, but I also, you know, I've had the freedom to be a comedian on this show in ways that I've never been given the freedom to do that. I've always been considered a, a dramatic actress, which is, you know, what it is, even though you don't, you don't go to drama school and study. They don't say, okay, what's your major comedy or drama? They don't, that's not a thing. So, (laughs) you know, you get really pigeonholed. Um, so I think the detour I did, you know, I did a movie four, four or five years ago called too late. And it's not a movie that a lot of people saw. It was starring John Hawks and it, it was, it's a movie in five acts. And every act is one single take, which is a thing. It's the thing that people are doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it came out before Birdman. We did we shot it before Birdman. Birdman kind of made it um, sort of in vogue. And um, I am in one of the acts, and I was cast the night before we shot. <laughs> um, and it was I, I told my a friend of mine was producing, and she called, and she was like, "Look." Our, our actors dropped out. Is there, is there any way you would want to do this? And I read the material. I said, I can't pull this off. And she said, I think you can. She was just desperate. She just right. needed an actor. <laughs> and I said, I really, cause well, cause at first she was, I knew that they needed a name for this role. And I was like, look, I'm not, I'm not a big enough name for you. And she's like, you'll do. <laughs> we just, Close enough. Like, You're fine. Um, and also I wasn't the right age because I have a teenage daughter. She's like, it's look, we're desperate. And I know you can pull this off as an actress. Um, so I thought, she said, let us know tomorrow morning um, and let us know while you're on your way to set. And so I, you know, I, I thought about it and thought about it. And I was like, you know, these are the things that you, you have to, you have to say no to the things that scare you as an artist. And I would be remiss to say no to a project just because I didn't think I could pull it off. I mean, that's the dumbest reason to say no to something. So I did it. And, um, you know, I had, everybody else had two days of rehearsal and one day of shooting, because when you shoot something, that's all one take, it's very, very, very complicated. And it's 20 minutes of one take. And you have to do about 10 of them because, one of them technically is going to be not so great. One of them acting wise is going to be not so great. One of them, the lighting is going to be like, there's going to, you have to, 
you have to try and get one where everybody is working, working at their absolute best. And that takes about, you know, eight to 10 takes and that takes all day. You have to reset, you know, have to yeah. reset and that takes an hour. So m- most people had, um, two days of rehearsal with the camera and everything. And then one day of shooting and we our our day. Well, the first day got ruined because the actress quit and they had to find another actress. Second day, there was a huge camera mishap and we did not get a rehearsal at all. So, but, but I at least had that day to learn my lines. Um, so the third day was, so the first take that we shot was the first time I ever did the scene or just bananas when you're doing a one take scene. Right. Um, so we did it seven or eight times, I think, or maybe eight or nine. And I think they took take six or seven. I'm very, very, very proud of my work in that scene. Because not because I mean, if you were to watch it, and the problem is, is that just somebody who doesn't know anything about movie making, if you were to watch it, it's like, okay, that's a scene. But if you know what went into the making of this film, it's sort of mind blowing. And I'm and I'm very proud of of it from that point of view. Um, but again, the lay person, I don't think would watch it and go, Oh, that's impressive. They would just say, that that's, looks like a scene, which yeah. is exactly what we wanted. You know, with, with, with the, um, you know, you have these things that you're proud of and you have the, these pieces and, and now you, you get these crazy fans with detour and in, in those moments of the lull, what, what I'm interested in is what do you think it is about your mental state where you, you like you were able to keep going. Cause I know you had doubts and you know, you had thoughts. I'm giving it up. I can't do it. But then you woke up and you went to another audition and you're tenant bar and people are rude and you know, and you're trying to figure out how to get pay rent for your little rat hole you're living in, in New York. And, yeah. and, and you, and you don't get the gig and you go back to the bar and like, like, what is it? Like, why, why are some people able to keep driving forward and not giving up? I, I can only tell you what it was for me, and it's not—it's not very inspirational. And that is that I tried to figure out what I would do, and there wasn't anything. It's not like I'm so passionate about this; I couldn't th- imagine doing it. It was—it was clearly that I. D- there is nothing else that I'm good at, and I, you know, by the time I had to ask myself that question. I felt like, and I was probably still in my twenties at this point, but I felt like it was too late to have to, you know, go down a road of like completely starting over at something that I just knew I didn't want to do and probably wasn't going to be good at. Um, I, at one point I was very, very close to quitting and I made an appointment at, I think some, some college in Long Beach um, with I don't even remember the, the details are fuzzy. Something about, I don't know if it was like, like an intro class or if it was in a, like a meeting or auditing or something, something having to do with fashion or design or something. So I was like, I can make clothes. I don't know. And on my, yeah. And this was before the GPS. This is when we still had the Thomas guide. And on my way down there, I got very lost. And I remember I pulled into a gas station and called and I was like, I, I'm super, super lost. And I feel like it's, it's too late. Anyway, I'm, I'm late now and it's too late. And they're like, Oh no, I mean, you can still come. And I could tell that I was just like desperate to use this as a sign for like not going through with this because I I mean, every fiber in my being was like, don't, don't do, you don't want to do this. And so I turned around and went back to LA and I was like, okay, cool. 
Right. All right. So not quitting. Can't. <laughs> so I guess I'll just eat a bunch of crow until I've something. Ha I don't know. Something has to happen. I think in order to quit, you need some map skills. And clearly. I, I think you need skills <laughs> some, of anything. Yeah. Can you do anything? And that's the thing. Like, I, can you do anything? I cannot do anything. I can do nothing outside of this. Right. Yeah. Hey, for you in your um in your professional life and your personal life, let's do both. Tell me about first do um do professional. Tell me the one thing. Um, and I know it's hard to pick one. I'm not asking you to pick the best thing, but just one of the of the many things that you're super excited about right now, professionally. Right now? Yeah. Oh God. What, oh. Something, um, something cooking. Something well, hot. I'm I'm mm, I don't know. Um, I. I'm going to be very, very frank because I know it's a bunch of teachers and not a lot of industry people watching this. So um, I don't know about the future of my show. Uh -huh. um, we're, uh, we've finished uh, filming the fourth season, which is about to air. And right now, it could, it could, anything could happen. We could either get picked up or we could not. Um, and that this is the first time where I have felt that kind of uncertainty in the past. We've always sort of known that it's going to go. So it's been a, it's been a really long, it's been a good four years of having, you know, as much job security as one can have in this industry and being very sort of um, comfortable and knowing what my kind of what my year is going to look like. And I don't, everything is very unknown. And that is, um, it's, it's both a familiar feeling from before. And it's also kind of foreign because my life has changed a lot in these four years. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm sort of terrified, but excited about what is going to happen next, because if it does get picked up, then great, then, you know, we'll go to wherever we go. Cause we travel. Um, and I'll make a bunch of money and it'll be great. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'll get to, you know, act fun. Um, so I guess, I guess I'm excited about, you know, what the possible, I'm weirdly excited about not knowing what the next whatever looks like. Yeah. I yeah. mean, as you get older, that's so much harder. Like, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been like, yeah, this is just life. You know, this is what we do. Now there's a kid in the mix. Now there's two mortgages in the mix. <laughs> like <laughs> All these people who depend on me and, um, it's scary, but it's, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, I think people really underestimate that in terms like those of us that have a different style of career or some people that have jobs. And, you know, I, I like this happened recently. I, I can't remember the show, but I was thinking, oh, I love that guy. I love that guy. What was the last? I can't remember what I saw him on. And I went to look him up to remember to figure out what the last show I saw him on was. And this was the first show he's had since 2012. Yeah, because you wait. I mean, if you can. Yeah. You wait. And that's that's what scares me because I don't you know, I, I have bills to pay yeah um so yeah all right there you go man it's professional how about personal what are you fired up for what do you, what do you got going on something new some other than reading um here's what this is gonna be a little cheesy but um i my family we do a lot of traveling um for work and we do a lot of sort of obligatory traveling for for family mm -hmm. we do not go on vacations, just the three of us to enjoy each other's company. And so what I told my husband was, all right, here's what we're going to do. If the show gets picked up, we're going to Hawaii, the three of us, we're having a, fa a proper family vacation. If it doesn't, 
we're going to Palm Springs, right. <laughs> the three of us. <laughs> but but whatever whatever happens, as soon as we get news, I want us to all you know the three of us get out of Dodge, forget about what's going on, regroup as a family, connect as a family, and then we can start whatever adventure is after that. And um, I'm really excited about, you know, getting to to do that with them because we don't, we try, again, we travel so much, but it's not, I hate it. It's not. It's a grind, man. It's a grind. It's just, you know, it's not like I, I can't wait to get on the airplane because we're going on this great vacation. It's, oh, we got to do X, Y, and Z. So, um, and you forget, you forget when you, especially when you're traveling as much as we do, you forget to be like, oh, hey, how about a vacation? Because it feels like you're always on vacation, but it's not the fun kind. <laughs> no, it's a schedule involved. Um, yeah. Um, so that's, that's personally, I mean, I wish I could say it was something sort of more um, saucy and Hollywood, but it's family. Yeah. Hey yeah. man, here's, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you some homework. So here's, um, first of all, you got to reconnect with Evelyn. I know. I know. You know what? I want she you to initiate it, though. You initiate. I know. I know. She sent me a text a few uh, a week ago or so, and she was like, "I'd love to hear from you." And I'm like, "I know. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna reconnect. I, I, I'm writing it down now. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And then also, here's here's one more. I want you to um, uh, tell me real quick. Tell me a teacher that you know is still alive, and someone who comes to mind, and someone that um, you still think about that has made a difference in your life outside of Evelyn. Who was that for you? Mm. Oh, the whole "do I know if they're still alive" thing is a real catch. Um, well, you could assume they're still alive just based on age. I actually don't know if she's still alive, but my my. Um, Oh, you know who I loved? Mrs. Ratcliffe, um, who was my, I, I didn't take a lot of honors classes in high school, but I did take honors history and she was great. She was, she, and she was one of those people who was like, yeah, go to New York, do it. You're going to be great. Um, she just seemed very, um, she didn't seem small town yeah. and not that that's an insult. Not, there's something great about being small town, but she seemed like she, she sort of was very savvy, you know, outside of, of the confines of our little, little town. Yeah. Mrs. Radcliffe. Yeah. All right. I think that was her name. Oh God. I think that was her name. <laughs> 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 All right. Put her on the list or whoever, whoever she might be, but put her okay. on the list. And um, so there you got two. you have Evelyn and I really, really want you to pick one more, whether it's Ratcliffe, if that person even exists or someone else yeah. and um, yeah. reach out and, and just send them three sentences about the difference they made in your life. You promise? Yeah, I promise. I will do that. Absolutely. All right. Hey, listen, yeah. I can't thank you enough. I so appreciate you taking the time to hang with me well, and chit chat. I mean, I'll talk about myself anytime anybody asks. <laughs> <laughs> and what's important for teachers, you know, here's the thing: like we, um, you know, when there's somebody out there that, it, and it, like I know, sometimes it gets connected to success, but it's not really what it's about for teachers when they find out there's somebody's out there who's actually making a living at doing what they love and making yeah. it a positive difference in the lives of others. Yeah, man, it's it's like it's like emotional fuel for educators for them to keep going. And the fact that you spent a few minutes with us is just awesome. Thank you so much. Of course, yeah. All right, all right, cool. Hey, um, I think the last time we saw each other, um, was either we were um having crawfish. Was that was that one place on Sixth Street? Oh yeah, was uh -huh. it crawfish? Something. Something. It was something. Something messy. Louis Louisiana ish. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. So that was um that was only a couple of decades ago. So, yeah. <laughs> was, so at some point in the next couple of decades, we're gonna uh, hook it back up and hang out with our fams. Cool. I'd love that. I would really like that. All right. Thank you so much. All right. My best to your family. My best to yours. Good. And and I'm sure you're gonna be in Hawaii, and not Palm Springs. Wishful thinking. I may go to Hawaii anyway. I don't know. There you go. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Bye.